This podcast is brought to you by A Copy Match. A Copy Match is a boutique matchmaking service that helps exceptional singles find meaningful connections and relationships. To learn more about our matchmaking services, online dating makeovers and takeovers, or to enroll in an upcoming group coaching intensive, go to agopymatch.com. Welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria. For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, each week I bring a guest on to talk about dating and relationships while answering your questions. You can ask a question by visiting askamatchmaker.com. I am so excited to introduce my next guest. Catherine Connolly is the co-founder and SVP of marketing at The Meet Group. The Meet Group owns and operates the most engaging dating communities in the world, spanning five apps, including Meet Me, which we're going to talk a lot about today, Scout, Tagged, Lovu, and Growler. Serving millions of daters daily, their community sends 70 million chats per day. And you'll have to tell us, Catherine, I believe they are one of the original video streaming dating apps. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Catherine, welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You co-founded this this app with your brother. Yes, with actually both brothers, yeah. Oh, with both brothers. So it's like a whole family operation. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And how did you get even into into the online dating world. So our, our entry into, so I, I think you know, starting a dating app with your brothers might be a little odd, but <laughs> back in 2005, my brother, so we, we've been around quite a while. Uh, my brother, Dave and I were actually in high school and the original concept of the app was actually just to, it had a different name. It's called my yearbook. And it was just to, around meeting new people in general. And then Jeff joined us at, at that point. So we launched my yearbook. We got um, a bunch of a bunch of people to sign up. And originally we were thinking it would be, you know, connecting with people you already knew in real life. But as it turned out, and when, so we, and we realized that's been maybe the first year of launching that uh, actually probably within the first six months is that people were really using it to meet new people. And so we kept the name my yearbook for a long time. Um, but in 2012, renamed it meet me because we thought, you know, prospective people um, that were looking for the app heard the old name and thought, oh, is it like classmates.com? And, you know, it wasn't. Uh, Our members were using us to meet new people and a huge chunk of meeting new people, especially if you're single, is dating. And so that's kind of how we entered the dating space. It was was mostly just because we were looking, you know, we had the social app, um, but a lot of talking, a lot of chatting, uh, when that happens, it it ends up becoming kind of flirty. And so that's kind of how Meet Me entered the, the dating space. And it's been in the dating space for, like you said, a really long time. And it was sold last year for $500 million. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So, so yeah, September 2020. So we, um, we, we were acquired by the, uh, now the Parship Group, um, had been Parship Group, which um, also owns eHarmony, um, uh, Parship, and, and, and a few other properties. And so that's out uh, of Germany. And so we're so excited for, for that combination because, you know, it gives us a lot, a lot more fun things that we can be doing and really, you know, a lot bigger of a brand. Um, like I said, we're on the more casual side of the spectrum with, you know, meeting and flirting mm-hmm. and then, you know, um, for the, at least the U S markets bring all the way to, uh, eHarmony, which is obviously very much more matchmaking. So even though you were bought, you still work for meet me. Yeah, yeah. So the Meet Group, which still exists right. as a, as an entity, um, we we run um, you know the same apps. Meet, meet Me tagged um, uh, Scout Levu Growl, Growler and build the video platform. 
Well, that's amazing. And so let's talk about the video platform because, you know, what's funny is the whole way we even, this this episode even came together was because you and I attended a dating conference a few months ago. Yes, via, it's not Zoom. It's some really cool conference space where you can switch tables around or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember the type. It, it was a, a great virtual conference experience. Yeah, it was a really cool virtual dating conference experience. Shout out to Mark Brooks, who really knows how to host a dating conference during a global pandemic. Well, anyway, so, you know, a lot of dating site owners, they know I talk to people on the ground and uh, they, some of them follow me on Instagram. So they know exactly uh, the kind of questions I receive. And of course the, some of them follow me on TikTok too, to see, you know, um, I review online dating profiles on TikTok and they were like, what's your favorite app right now? <laughs> and I said something like, I really like Hinge for the prompts, but my new favorite app is Meet Me. And you happen to be like, I don't know what people look like, you know, especially at that particular conference, everyone's like, it's like a tiny little photo. And you're like, oh, I own Meet Me. And I'm like, oh, I love your app because I love the concept behind it, especially, especially during a global pandemic where I think, you know, nine months now into this, 10 months, I don't even know. Um, I'm recognizing that our users and our members, so your users and my members are experiencing dating fatigue to the max. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you asked me 10 years ago, what my favorite dating app was, it was OkCupid and OkCupid was my favorite dating app for years because I felt like, you know, online dating is a little silly. Like if you look at it, if you zoom out from the experience, it's kind of silly. If you think about how humans communicated, interacted for millennia, right? Mm -hmm. And what I loved about OkCupid was that it was kind of entertaining. Like they didn't take themselves too seriously. You could tell from the branding. It's like, look, this is going to be entertaining. We're going to have fun with it. Maybe you'll meet someone. And then I get introduced to Meet Me last year, like towards the end of the year. And I was like, yes, this makes so much sense right now. I think people are tired of swiping. And mm-hmm. to me, Meet Me just seemed like, okay, this is enter- this is entertainment again. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm talking without any context. Can you explain the app Meet Me to someone who's never used it before? So Meet Me is really, I, I like to use this, this, this analogy of, of, for the neighborhood bar. So if you're you know, looking to, you know, hang out um, and chat with people, it, it, it's the good place to be. So you're not just endlessly swiping. Um, you can see who's nearby. Sure. But we have this amazing product called live and that's basically we're, we're all, we're all the, you know, I, I think this, the special action is, so we have live streaming video, which is actually one to many. So that's kind of, you know, a lot of dating apps when they add live video, they add one-to-one, which is, it feels like a must have, but as a product, it's not actually all that interesting because what ends up, because you know, you need both people to be synchronously chatting at the same time, both of them camera ready and, and wanting to do that. Um, but what's amazing about broadcast video, one to many, is that, you know, you can be on the platform and automatically engage with so many people. So say- It's um, kind of like if someone went um, just to, because I know you're saying one to many, yeah. um, it's as if um, if I went live on Instagram live or if I went live mm-hmm. on TikTok, so you can see me interact. I, uh, like I know Instagram live, I can have another person. Right. And I think on meet me, you can have multiple people interacting with you. You could basically have a dating show. Yeah. So you can have a dating show while and- you have viewers watching it. You can watch people, <laughs> you, you could watch other people could watch you on a date. Yeah. 
Yeah, we, we have, and we have a product. I mean, they could also watch you on a blind date because we also have a product where it blurs you as well. Oh my goodness. Okay. So it, and it's just kind of- I do not know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just um, kind of like a fun way to kind of take, take dating where it, it takes, um, and, and as we were saying, like it brings the fun back because you want to f- kind of feel like you're in a, your natural environment. And what you see so much on dating apps is basically just, well, there, there's actually two problems. So there are, p- are people that don't feel like they get enough chats and there's people who are being completely inundated with chats and get way, way, way too many. But what we end up seeing is a lot of that, that typically it's the men that aren't getting nearly en- enough chats, but women have this problem as well. And when you're looking at the, um, you know, that, that, that blank chat page, what else is there to do while you're waiting for someone to respond? And if you go into live, there's automatically people to engage with. And so what we find is that people aren't, you know, they're not just necessarily always looking to, to be dating the person that they're watching, but they're also just enjoying the community and just chatting the same way that you would in real life. Um, if you were in a, in a bar setting, like you're just talking to people around you about things that interest you. And I think that's so amazing because it, it just leads into this, like, really organic, really serendipitous way of meeting. And then of course we have the dating games too. What is the dating uh, games? So one of our dating games is called uh, Next Date. And so that one is basically you're, you're the main camera and you can, and people can line up to date you. And so you're the star of your own dating Oh my game. God. Okay. <laughs> That's fantastic. People, people hit a heart to get into your, get, get into your guest box and they can ask you. So the, the dater, you know, can, can choose whatever she wants to ask, or he wants to ask um, the, the people in the box, but it's time-based. So within two minutes, you have to choose whether you want to date them or skip them or, or hit next rather. And uh, so th- there is kind of like an element of, you know, what's your two minute reasons for, for dating this person. And right. I, um, are there any regions that meet me is popular in like or uh, age groups that it's popular in? Like, do you see, yeah. do you have an audience that's. So like 18 to say um, about 40 is our, is our really core demo. And generally we're, we're pretty large in the U S uh, so, and, and, and other geos as well, but, but the U S is, is the majority. So um, how many users are on the platform? Across all of our apps, I, I, we have, a, we have over 4 million daily active users and with video, we have over um, a million people streaming every day. What? Over a million people streaming every day. Honestly, when you were just telling me this whole thing, I was thinking like maybe 10,000 people stream a day. I, I didn't even, like, this is such an insane number to me yes, for video uh, streaming. I mean, yes, yeah, so our, our members are spending over 1.1 billion minutes per month in the, in the app. So <laughs> that, it's, it's nuts. It, it really adds up. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's awesome. I mean, that's what you want from a dating app, you know, and look, you know, for anyone listening who signs up, like, you know, maybe this is not the app for you, but it might be the app for someone else or for another friend. You know, like I always try to, I get really nervous sometimes when people ask me for recommendations. Cause I constantly give dating app recommendations mm-hmm. and I'll always have like 10 people respond back saying, oh, you know, X, Y, Z did not work for me. Okay. Like it's going to work for someone else. Like, you know, dating, not every dating app is for everyone. And also dating apps are not for everyone, but that's pretty cool. I I love that um, you have a good critical mass for people to participate in it. On that too, is a lot. So we've surveyed this in the past. I I haven't looked at the most recent date, but a a few years ago, I think it was um, the average dating app member is using three or four apps because it takes right. a little bit to figure out like where your community is and where you're going to, to uh, uh, meet the best people. So I think it's, it's pretty normal to like, you know, have c- kind of 
be using a few things just to see what works for you. Totally. Okay. I have some really good questions now about, about like, let's say if I were using this app, right? Are there any colors that seem to have a higher response rate? Colors? We asked for what the least favorite color someone could be wearing. And that was okay. yellow. Yellow, really? Okay. Yeah. I don't actually remember what the favorite color was, but the least favorite so, was yellow. <laughs> I've noticed that on my end, the highest approachability rate is green followed by blue. Hmm. And purple keeps coming up as the least um, for on our end. And yellow is like, I think yellow, I've always said yellow or gold, more of a goldish yellow is okay, but it's more, it's better for darker skin tones. And then what if someone is introverted? Do you think they'd still be successful on the app? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I think, and I think that's actually one of the, so one of the fun things about some of our top streamers is, and these are, you know, people that have thousands of fans, um, some of them will say, you know, in person, they're actually very introverted, but when they are streaming, they actually feel, it, it feels different. So you almost feel like you're talking um, more one-on-one because, you know, you're, you're, you're looking into the camera. It's, it's like an intimate connection, but you don't feel like you're on stage, for instance. Like it, it, it doesn't feel like that. So you're, you're really able to have, um, you know, these conversations that don't feel like you're uh, out, but then also you don't have to be one of the streamers. So we have about a, a, a million people or so streaming a month. And then we have about eight or 9 million viewing a month. So it, it's, um, wow. it's more common on, on a given day to be a viewer. And if you're introverted, that's a great way to kind of, um, kind of drop in. Cause you can, you know, be t- chatting to, to the streamer, then decide, Oh, maybe you want to go on a next date game, jump into their box. But yeah, you, you can, you can definitely be introverted. I would say it's a good platform for that because again, you don't really, you're able to kind of jump into conversations organically. Whereas I right. feel, you know, if, especially being, being introverted myself, when I'm trying to have conversations, like it's, it's kind of nice to be able to sometimes kind of sit back and like, and be be more reactive. And so allow the other person to kind of take the lead and then jump in um, when I feel, you know, confident to get in there. Um, I feel like the, 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 the platform really allows that. So it, it really allows your personality to, you know, kind of do what makes you comfortable. Can you connect your Instagram to your profile? We have a way of easily showing it, but it's not, um, it's, it's not like a, a connection. The reason why I ask is because I'm wondering if this is a way for people to also build clout on social media, because you just mentioned that you do have top streamers, which that also just really surprises me because I wonder, you know, if someone is a top streamer on a dating app, uh, I, my first thought is, is this person actually serious by getting into a relationship or do they like the attention of being single on a dating app by streaming well? So we actually have some streamers that have started dating each other. Um, oh, okay. Like so, so, so some, and sometimes it's like a, a mixture. So one of my favorites are uh, Haley and Kevin, and they just both met. You know, they were both streamers. They happened to I can't remember if it was a battle or if they, by the way, they combined streams and just kind of hit it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, you know, they're, they're still both streaming and, and dating. And the community knows they're dating. Um, they'll, they'll show that on the profile, but I think that that's actually, and that is something that you see a little bit on, um, on a community like ours, where there's meeting and flirting, because it's not necessarily like if you're in a relationship, you have to leave, like you don't have to, um, I see. jump off the app. You just kind of update your status and say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm here cause now I've made some friends. And so the types of streams that you're going to do changes, but the, but the activity doesn't necessarily. Wow. So it's like really community-based. 
Yes, people have, have formed very, very close friendships. Um, I've, I've talked to, um, and, and so we have some conferences that in normal times we, we do. <laughs> um, so I've, I've talked to a few of our streamers in person quite a bit. And so one of them met, you know, joined the app for dating, of course, but ended mm-hmm. up being her roommate and they moved in together because they met what? straight and they're like, you know what, now. So you can see one? other genders? Yeah, you, you, you set your filters however you want. Wow. Okay. I mean, like if you're a heterosexual, like you could see, cause like, you know, if I was on OkCupid, I can only see men uh, right, as a right. heterosexual. So if you want to watch, um, if you, watch um, you know, heterosexuals, uh, if you want to watch another woman streaming and you, you can, and you can chat with her and become friends. And <laughs> that is um, awesome. And- wow. So, so versatile. I love that. Yeah. So you, it really opens it up to, to connecting in in new ways because of that, because again, you have that friendship. And I, I think that kind of going back to the introverted question, I think that also is why it's kind of helpful for introverted people in some ways is because, you know, it's now, it's not just like, you know, if you were going to go to a bar, you know, you'd probably go with a group of friends and you, you kind of have that built in on, on our community. That's awesome. Okay. So we have received two questions. Are you ready to get some answers? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Great. Hi, Matchmaker Maria. My name is Lauren. I'm 26 and live in Washington, D.C. My question for you is about speed dating. What are some good things to talk about in the three to four minutes on each date and how do you get those conversations started? Thank you. I feel like that's such a great question for you because you operate an app where first impressions via video are just so important. You know, if someone doesn't like what they're seeing, they'll just maybe go to the next video streamer. Based on that now, what is successful for video streamers on your app that she could then utilize in speed dating, which I assume was also through an app right now? I think the most important thing about um, speed dating is just really to figure out, you know, what you want to highlight in that date. And so what what I think is kind of wasted time almost is when you go through almost the niceties of like, hey, hey, what's up? What's up? And like that kind of you know, that that's fine. But I think if you jump in with a like, you know, more fun question, like where's the, your favorite place you've ever traveled to? Um, you kind of can dive better dive into those interests. And so actually, um, if you're the streamer and you open an X date round, we actually give question prompts to try to move the, help move the conversation. Cause it is hard. It is hard to figure out, you know, with the brand new people, brand new person might be hard to figure out what exactly you want to talk about. So we do help give some prompts, but I've seen travel be especially good because that's something that, especially right now when no one's able to really travel, (laughs) um, it it takes them into like, you know, kind of like a happier place. And then just, you know, what, what, what what foods do you like? You know, I, I, I like, you know, kind of doing the more situational, like, you know, what would you want to do on a date to kind of get at like, you know, is it it movies? Um, uh, is it a restaurant? And so kind of just trying to, trying to get to know the person in that way, make sure your interests are aligned. Because the way that I, I think about um, about video dating and, and really using apps in general is, is how do you kind of pre-screen and pre-filter this other person so that you don't you know, waste your time with, 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 who, with who you're meeting in person. So, so it's kind of actually interesting about, you know, obviously this, this time we're in is we're obviously in a pandemic. And so video dating became much, much, much more popular. And that, that idea of pre-screening Originally, part, partially you want to do it because you don't want to risk, you don't want to risk further contagion. You don't want to risk meeting with people during a pandemic that could be sick. Um, you, you want to limit that. But it also is just helpful for seeing if there's a, a personality match and some chemistry there. And so I think trying to find those questions of what's most important to you, like 
do you love traveling? Then, then that's what you should be asking about on, on the speed date. That's where you should kind of gear the, um, gear the conversation. If fitness is really important to you, maybe ask, Hey, have you ever ran a marathon? Are you thinking about doing it? Basically trying to find what are the most important things uh, to you and then kind of, kind of, th- you know, throwing them at, at, at the other person to make sure that the conversation that you have is the conversation you want to have. That's really good advice. I have a few ideas too, but to kind of piggyback off what you said really quick, the one thing I would say is with, especially with the travel question, we have to remember that, you know, we're all living, if you're single, you're living a single life. And the person that you're talking to is also living a single life. And that doesn't mean like, maybe if you really are interested in travel and you've, you know, you have at least 40 stamps in your passport, which is fantastic. But the person doesn't, you know, he's only been to one or two countries. That doesn't mean that he doesn't like travel. It could also mean that he just didn't have someone to travel with. So, you know, I'm always, I feel like travel questions can be better when they're asked a little bit, even more specifically, like when you travel, (laughs) are you more interested in laying by the beach? Or do you like checking out the city, living on an air, living in an Airbnb and, you know, being right. a local or, and, and that could fair, just tell you, you like so much more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That could tell you just so much more about, you know, about the person than anything else. You know, other prompts I love are, you know, do you, what are your three bucket list items? Now I get when you're speed dating, there is this pressure to like, let me tell you about my basics. And I would get, like I, like you said, I would get rid of the hellos and, you know, it's like, okay, two things you should probably know about me. Um, um, I live in this neighborhood, I suppose, and I work in finance. I'm just giving an example. But my bucket list items include, you know, visiting every national park before I die. And my, my resolution, I, I plan to read to at least 12 books this year. Do you have any recommendations? What's your favorite book that you've you know, last read? And by the way, if you are a book reader and they're not a book reader, that can, that's also, you know, it's, that could tell you a lot right now, especially if you're both single during a pandemic and you don't have kids, you know, it's like, oh, you don't read books. Well, do you at least do a good Netflix binge, you know? Right. I, I think, so. yeah, though, I, I do want to, you know, caution, like, because I think this is one of the things that where a lot of people don't necessarily know what they want. You might think of something as a disqualifier, like if you're just making a list of things that you want, but isn't necessarily. So like, for instance, I, I'm a huge bookworm, love to read my husband, of course, reads, but it, it, it's not the same types of books. Like it's, it, that's not, you know, one of, the, one of our shared things that we do just because it's, um, you know, we have all these other things that we're both interested in. And so mm-hmm. I think it's important to figure out, you know, what actually is that real, it, it, like, if you want to ask a question that you, that you would consider a deal breaker, like make sure it's an actual deal breaker because, you know, there's so many common interests, like you said, like, oh, if they're not writing books and you're, you know, then, then maybe there's something else. Maybe they decide to teach themselves how to play piano or something like that. Um, that's right. that, that, that you could also be really interested in, even if it's not currently a shared interest. That's exactly like you can definitely, as couples, you tend to grow together and you might have parallel interests, but that doesn't mean that they're 100% shared or you can learn, you know, Hey, I play tennis and you don't, but maybe he one day picks up a racket after a couple of years, just like maybe I'll pick up a golf club. I don't know. You know, you have to give that flexibility for a relationship to grow in. So yeah, totally. All right. Next question. Hi, Matchmaker Maria. I'm Krista from Boston and I'm 29 years old. I'm moving to a new city in April and I changed my dating apps location so I could check out the guys there. I ended up matching with a guy and we hit it off. He even turned out to be good friends with my friend from college. We do plan on meeting at the end of next month when I visit, but again, I'm not moving until April. How do you keep someone interested when you can't physically be together for months? That is such a great question. 
everyone is so transient right now. Like uh, it's such a common question. What do you think, Catherine? First, you know, be upfront. So don't just be like, I'm just, you know, don't, don't hold back on saying that when you're moving, because you don't want them to think that you're just kind of kicking the can and just, you know, taking too long to meet. I I think it's good to set up that, you know, when that, when when you move there, especially because it is very common right now. Lots of my friends that, uh, especially in New York, I find only a few of my New York friends are still in New York. They're just, I don't have any friends who live in New York now. Just for some extra, um, you know, human contact that they kind of got out of the city. But I think kind of to keep them interested is just, you know, just, just continue, just continue to talk to them, but be completely upfront that, 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 that you're going to be there soon, but aren't there yet. Cause you don't want to, uh, you want to, I, I think you want to set expectations and, and the more you can communicate that, uh, the better. And then I think if, if you like each other enough, I think there's a lot of fun things that you can do that are virtual dates. So for instance, there, you could do a virtual, um, you know, you can even do like a virtual wine painting together, uh, virtual cooking, where you're just like, you know, cooking your kitchen, have dinner together, even if you're not actually presently there. Like, I think, you, you know, you don't have to necessarily wait to date. Cause like, there also is that you you can, you know, to be texting back and forth, calling back and forth. I think it's nice to kind of still go on dates. And right now there's also a bunch of virtual museum tours you can be doing together. Um, Like right now there's a lot of good ways of of still kind of finding that together, that togetherness virtually. Um, And then when you move in April, uh, you can actually, um, you know, say, okay, well, do you actually still want to meet up with this person? Again, you, you could, you could be on your 15th state by then. <laughs> so I actually disagree with you a little bit here. So the one thing that makes me really nervous with long distance, and I'm saying this from someone who basically had a long distance relationship for six years. Like my husband was in Boston and I was in New York. We dated, we got engaged, we got married, we had a kid, but we saw each other half the week. So, all right. Anyway, the one thing I've learned is that when you start talking to someone in a different city, there is a two-week countdown before you should see each other. And you need to see each other right. So I get that you're traveling and you're moving in April. That's fine. You need to meet now, though. It's January. You basically have until the end of the month to make plans to meet. And you don't want to talk every day. You want to talk maybe twice a week, like set up date like date talks. Because what I fear is if you go on all of these amazing dates that, you know, you just laid out, Catherine, the expectation gets so high that reality is just never going to meet it. Hmm. And I think that's also when you see, you know, some men tend to bow out before those long distance dates, like they don't want to meet anymore. Or, you know, you finally, you had, you had all this chemistry with the phone and now you finally meet. It's like, there's no, there's no real physical chemistry. You know, there is, there is a literal chemistry, you know, the way we smell the, you know, the chemicals pumping through our veins that really matter when you meet someone. And so what I would tell, you know, my, this listener is definitely make plans to meet him, you know, just to go on one physical date. (laughs) Someone's got to get on a plane. And then after you've met and you can confirm that you are physically attracted to each other, then you can build that momentum with virtual dates over the next coming months, because, you know, April is not that far from now. Right. But it also is in this context. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can definitely see that, but I, I feel like there's just so many people that are transient right now that. Oh, totally. Everyone's transient right now. A, a little bit more of a pass, but it, it is true. You don't want, you don't want to build up expectations higher than they, than they should be. Because when it comes down to it, yes, meeting in person is going to be how you're going to base, whether you want to continue a relationship. But if you're, um, but, but I, I do think that you can tell a lot of that chemistry, um, just in this first, because like if you have your first or I think first so phone too. or two, like there's probably not going to be 
too many more if if you didn't feel any sort of chemistry. Oh yeah, of course. But what I, I guess what I'm saying is like, okay, initial chemistry aside with the Zoom date uh, or or meet me date, you know, after that you have to build on something. But I don't know. I mean, have you seen couples through your dating app, meet me, where they talk for four months before meeting and then they start dating? So what we saw kind of recently, so it, I don't, actually I don't think it was even a full month. So sometimes what we've seen, and, and this was when we first kind of got into quarantine. So it was like March of last year that this couple had written in about their, um, for our quarantines cuties contest. And it was basically how their relationship started. But w- what was amazing was kind of how fast paced it actually ended up being. They, I want to say they met in January, made plans to meet up in March when they were already long distance, but made plans to meet up in March when it was going to be um, th- this big streamer event that we had. Um, mm-hmm. So it was like right before the pandemic. Um, it was maybe the end of February, but either way. So they met in person that one time and they continued to um, date virtually the rest of the time. Um, and then, you know, we're able to make plans to see each other. So we see things like that where, you know, they had this event in mind um, and when they met in person and what I, I will say is that we have their conversation um, somewhere. This is, they, they share with us, but, I do remember that they said that they were both purposely trying not to let their expectations get out of hand. So they both knew that they were having these great conversations mm-hmm. and they didn't want, you know, to put the person up, you know, in, in this like pedestal. Yeah, and, and exactly. But put them on a pedestal where like they were, you know, expectation couldn't possibly uh, or, or right. would only be possibly better than reality. And so they both mentioned that they didn't want to do that, but they both felt like they were falling for the other person and then meeting in person kind of solidified that. Um, and then they continued dating. And then another situation, um, so, someone, you know, wrote in saying, you know, this is where I like me, but we were been dating long distance for about, I think it was maybe a month or so. Like it, it wasn't like super long distance. It was maybe like an hour drive. So not oh. like, yeah. So, I mean, that depends on your definition of if that's long distance. Of course, of course. <laughs> but because of the pandemic, I think, and I, or at this, I think it's, you know, because of the pandemic, they actually, you know, kind of jumped into, you know what, this is, this is going where we want it to go. Um, my, my city's going into lockdown. Do you want to move in together? Um, so kind of love that. into that just because, you know, this is going great. Let's, let's see how it goes. And so I, I think, you know, that, that is the other, the other area it, it, it could kind of go in. Like you can see, you know, how the relationship kind of almost takes a while to develop because you're both trying not to set your expectations too high, or you can see the other way where you both just jump in two feet and, um, and kind of the relationship gets fast tracked and, We've asked survey questions about this quite a bit, and we really do see a split. So there's some people that kind of expect, like, because of the pandemic, that they want kind of their next relationship to maybe move faster than usual, um, right. just because they feel like there's some amount of lost time. And then on the other side, there's people that are like, no, I've, I've kind of been in, enjoying kind of taking taking things slow and kind of enjoying, like, you know, not jumping into things right away and really getting to know someone. And so, yeah. you know, you definitely see the mix, and I think it's going to be very dependent on personality. Um, but it is, it's dependent on personality. It's dependent on opportunity. It's dependent on luck. It's all of this stuff. I guess, you know, the one thing I'm scared of is, you know, you invest four months talking to someone only for it to, you know, be nobody. And, you know, the, the truth is that people fall in love with an avatar every single day. Mm -hmm. And even though you may have not met him, if they, if they reject you, or if you don't see that person, it doesn't mean that it didn't hurt. And doesn't mean, you know, you didn't really actually, you know, feel lust for them, feel in love with them. And another one of my worries, of course, is if you're with someone who could be a time thief for you, Mm -hmm. you are saying no to other opportunities as well. 
you know, at the same time. So that's why I'm like, Oh, you know, can you possibly meet in the next couple of weeks? Right. Well, um, I, think, I mean, I definitely agree. If, yeah. if you're saying it, if you're becoming exclusive, yeah, yeah, I agree. You, you, you should be the next couple. Of yeah. But if you're kind of just seeing what's out there, I, I guess it depends on when you consider that person exclusive too. Because if you're if you're not planning on becoming exclusive until April anyway, then you know you can yeah. have you can have fun virtually dating more people and then kind of figuring out uh, which relationship seems like it could be the best one. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for answering questions on Ask a Matchmaker. How can people find you? How can people find your app? So um, you can find me on, on Twitter. I'm at CN Cook, or feel free to, uh, or to reach out on uh, LinkedIn, Catherine Connolly. And then our apps, uh, there's uh, we're our Google Play Store, App Store, um, Meet Me, and also tagged Scout, Levu, and Growler. Awesome. Well, I will definitely leave um, the links in the episode notes for if anyone wants to contact you with more questions or connect with you. And again, thank you so much for joining me on Ask a Matchmaker. Thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. And I want to thank you, dear listener, for joining me every Wednesday for Ask a Matchmaker. And thank you so much for telling your friends. I, I, I just met a few listeners this weekend during group coaching intensive who told me about how they actually heard about this podcast through a friend. And I thought that was really awesome. We did just announce our next group coaching intensives for February and March. So spots are open. If you want to join, um, just going forward, it's always going to be the first weekend of every month. So if you want to join, head on over to the link, uh, in the notes and join and sign up. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate review and subscribe. Do you have a dating or relationship question? You can visit askamatchmaker.com to submit either a 60 second audio question or a written question. And I'll try to get to answering those with my future special guests in the coming weeks. You can also follow me on Instagram at matchmaker Maria for more dating and relationship tips until then be lovable. And more importantly, be likable. See you next week.